Hey guys, and welcome back to today's episode. Today we have a really exciting topic. It's marriage. Hey, this could either be a really controversial topic or a really to a topic that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on. But um, today we have brought on a master or guru <laughs> of marriage, if you will, Brian Clausen. Say hi, Brian. Hi. How are y'all? <laughs> Um, so Brian, you've been married for how long? 32 years. 32 years. I haven't even been alive that long. I haven't done anything, committed to anything for that long. Or even like a small percentage of that. You know, it's like... Yeah, thanks for I... making me feel old. You just basically <laughs> said you could be my kid, right? So No, exactly. No, whatever. So me and Brian, the way we met, we worked together actually at two companies. We worked first at Noble Energy when I had just graduated from college. And then... After we both got laid off from Noble Energy during the um, COVID 2020, um, Brian, he got hired onto a new company and then he brought me along. So okay. I was super grateful for that, Brian. Um, but yeah, so we've known each other for a few years, I guess. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, whenever you grab from the time you graduated. Yeah, so 2018. We, we probably had a six month gap there from the time I got laid off to the time you got laid off. Right. And so we've worked together for all of that time you until like five, this last yeah. October. So I'd say like five years. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're friends. So it's been a friends? A, okay. <laughs> are you allowed to have female friends when you're married? Absolutely. Ooh, Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's so funny because um when I was working with Brian, I we became you know, really good friends because it was just us two in the IT department. And so, you know, we would travel a lot to West Texas. So we just had so much time together that we would talk about, you know, our lives and stuff. And I learned about his family and I've even been over. Brian invited me to the house and his wife has seen welcomed me and they fed me and it was super nice. <laughs> but yeah, I got to see a sneak peek of what, you know, their family dynamic was like and it just you know it, it was very cozy and very warm and happy and mm. it was it was good to see Brian and uh, you know hearing you talk about your marriage and stuff it just I feel like it it presents a really good example for me of what a marriage could look like which is one of the big reasons why I wanted to bring you here today and talk about this because you know I feel like for people that are either still young you know not married on the verge of being married or even you know married it's like you know, marriage, if that is something that they're interested in, it's like it's scary, you know, because yeah. especially with like, you know, divorce rates being really high and um, you, you see a lot of like second marriages or, you know, families that are just kind of like a puzzle of multiple families. <laughs> I so, like that, a puzzle of multiple families. <laughs> gotta um, say, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah, that's the best, best way I could say it. But anyway, um, but yeah, Jennifer, are you excited for this topic today? I am. I'm actually, um, I've actually been in a belief that I just don't believe in marriage. So ever since I was like a teenager up until now, I'm 28. So for a whole decade and things to change, I'm not, I'm not a person that's like super stuck on anything. It's just my belief during this time period of my life. Um, and I'm not looking for ways to seek how that could change, but I love how a relationship dynamic works, whether you're married or not. I love to see fulfillment in it, how it works um the longevity of it and how you keep that commitment to each other because I do believe in loyalty from one partner to another um so I'm excited to hear someone who's been in a very long marriage um the ups and downs in it and how you know 
what fuels it and how do you navigate through stuff? Because I notice, you know, as I'm going into adulthood that as you're, um, cause I'm, I'm in a long term relationship as well. So I'm almost in, at six years, right. It's like, you're learning different things about each other as you're growing up into being an adult as you're growing. Right. And sometimes you, you butt heads and it, it gets really hard. Um, and I've seen marriages, you know, where, you know, obviously through friends and from afar and obviously on social media or whatever the media shows you that it's so easy to, to just break it. So it's kind of like, how do, how do the ones who make it through, how do the ones who make it last? I enjoy hearing those types of relationships. And if, and if those are the ones that don't work and if it's for very good reason, I respect it. I'm not saying like they're worse than the people that haven't been together for a very long time, but I would like to see it through because it, it takes two to, to make it work. So excited for the questions we have. And thank you, Brian, for coming on. Oh, I'm excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics. And I am, I, you know, I've spent more time married in my life than, than not. So I've, I've had pretty, pretty much yeah. over half my life's experiences of being a married man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that we're able to get together, you know, somebody from our generation, I think when we are around people of different generations, I think that helps us learn, you know, because you guys have been here around longer. So again, <laughs> get another old, old comment. Um, it's a good thing we don't work together anymore because he'd be throwing HR right at me. Uh, anymore. You did this when we worked together. Yeah, we too, did. So let's just be really clear. <laughs> you made me feel old a lot. One time when me and Brian were in West Texas, we decided to go to the gym together. <laughs> And we were working out next to each other, and he and he was just like, "Do you ever stop? Do you ever rest?" It was so funny. I was like, "Now that you said that, I'm never gonna stop because I get really competitive." <laughs> very, very, very different yeah. styles of working out we have. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hit a set, take a couple minutes, hit a set, take a couple minutes. Yeah. That's the way that, that my trainers taught me. And, yeah. and I'm watching you, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I would, I'd be dead on the floor already with a heart attack." So. Oh my God, you should see what this morning. I almost was dead on the floor. Ugh. Okay, all right. So we always do this. We always have so much that we can talk about and yeah. we can talk for a long time, but let's move on to the questions. We were in some good questions out so we can kind of stay on topic. Sure. So, all right. So Brian, let's talk a little bit about your history. So you said that you've been married for 32 years. What age did you get married at? So I got married at 19. Pretty young. Very young. Very um, young. Like I said, I, so I didn't really have, in, in my 20s, I was raising kids, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I married my high school sweetheart. We'd been friends. Um, we started working together, and boy, this is going to date us at McDonald's um, back when we were, you know, just before our senior year started. So we'd been dating for about a year and a half. And, and I don't know why, but we, we started fairly early talking about marriage, and we'd put together this great plan that when we told my parents about it, the plan was terrible in their eyes. And they said that, well, if you get married, you know, we're not going to pay for college. So we were like, okay, so mm -hmm. we're not going to get married. And then we'll save money and we'll get married between my junior and senior year of college. Mm -hmm. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. And then she got pregnant. And so that changed the plan very quickly. So you guys uh, were going to get married before you got pregnant? Yes. Okay, yeah, our plan, wow. we, we'd, we'd, we had already talked about marriage before we got pregnant. Now, that accelerated things, obviously. And at that point, my, my, my parents were like, and especially my mom was like, 
you know, my kid's not going to be raised in a, you know, you guys are going to be married when that kid comes. So they got behind the marriage and they did, they were good to the word. They stopped paying for college still, mm. which made it a little bit harder. So yeah. that, that part made it, you know, made, made our lives a little bit more difficult that we weren't, you know, when I went back to school, it was all on, on us to pay for it. But, mm-hmm. um, it was definitely, you know, I, I look back, it, it was the right decision for, for a lot of reasons, but, um, you know, um, I feel like being forced into it probably kept me from doing a lot of really stupid stuff in my 20s. So it probably wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, probably, guys, yeah. guys aren't the brightest until they hit about 28 to 35. I probably our brains aren't fully formed until we were 25 anyway. So probably helped a lot. Um, yeah. So you definitely had a different... 20s than me and Jennifer for sure yeah, and yeah. you feel like having the children really made you grow up quickly oh I had to grow up quickly I mean you know when you you go from being responsible for yourself to being responsible for providing for a family and kids um and you know it, not not just from the financial perspective but from you know the leadership perspective and you know the the responsibility you have to to raise them in a way that is is good for them as well as society it's tough yeah so mm-hmm. it, it definitely made a big difference for me Okay, so our next question is, why did you decide to get married? You had already <laughs> wanted to get married, yeah. but when your parents were like, oh, we'll pay for college, you didn't, and then got pregnant, and you did get married. So that's kind of your history on the marriage. Is there anything else you wanted to talk to as far as, you know, where you started at as far no, as I think, I think that, that covers okay. <laughs> the, the reasons why. So... Brian, the, the marriage thing, for I know that, of course, we have our pressures from uh, parents when the child comes into the world, and religion is a huge part of that, right? But for you and uh, your partner, your spouse, why did you have the conversation? Like, what sparks y'all to want to get married? Like, what was the idea behind it? You know, that's a great question. I, I really don't know what sparked it initially. Um, it, it, it was really, I, I think I grew up in a, in a family that wasn't very religious. Um, my grandparents were religious, but my parents really weren't that, you know, they didn't, we didn't go to church much. So it really wasn't a, a faith thing. It was, I felt like I'd found the person that I did want to spend the rest of my life with. I knew, you know, whenever I was in high school, I'd, I'd mapped out my plan, right? I was going to, going to go to college, get married, have a family, good career. I mean, I had it all figured out, right? Mm-hmm. As, as we all do when we're 16 years old. <laughs> um, and then life happens and that whole thing. I remember I, I could tell the story. We had, a, had an English professor that had told us to draw the roadmap of your life. And mine was like a super highway. It was like, it was like the Katy Freeway, right? This, you know, people in Houston, it's like seven lanes in each direction. And, but it was straight. Mm-hmm. It was that that was the path. Each exit was college. It was those things and back on the highway. And mine's ended up being like a bunch of country roads in Texas, like the FM system in Texas. It's like, oh, this one crosses that one and it came back over here. It. And and so my life didn't didn't really follow that. But I always had those guiding principles, those those things that I wanted. And and, and I'm not I can't ever go back and say, well, I always for my whole life knew that I wanted to be married, but I just knew I wanted to be married. Yeah. Um, and when I met uh, my wife, the Zenith, it was, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I can see this. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. see spending. And then I think some of the other things that, that kind of bound us together, um, her, like the, the, like a month after we graduated high school, her mom passed away. Um, 
in well actually a few months after we started dating her father got leukemia he almost died and then she gets a phone call right after we graduated and she starts crying i thought her dad had passed away and her mom had passed away and I mean, and so we went through some really tough life events together. Um, and I think that forged deeper bonds very quickly. We, we had to be very, um, very grown up very quickly. And then having a kid at 19. So when you think about that, all those things, uh, you know, it, it really, we, we watched her. So her, her family, there was a lot of, her dad was married twice. Her mom was married at least once no twice <laughs> and so her her family was kind of a, a mess and she didn't ever want that for herself or her kids mm -hmm. and um so i think that's really where this the first conversation kind of came about and, and then here we are all right Brian. that's a long that was a long no, okay. about conversation no it's okay. good so no, good. so it's for you for y'all it was um obviously the emotional impact of the deeper mm -hmm. bond with one another, which is true, right? Even in friendships and family, when you go through yeah. hard stuff, it, it feels so much deeper. Whether you've known them for one month or two months or long amount of years, it's, it's, it gets you closer. So it's like, yeah. on top of that, y'all both saw each other. You wanted to be in each other's lives forever. And mm -hmm. so then marriage played that part. was like, it, it almost like, gave you a pact to want to work to be together forever or like it was more like is it like more like a promise to one another that marriage gives you it, it's 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 deeper than that it's a commitment right i mean it, it's, it, a it's like like, like it, it's it's a covenant right i mean it, mm. it what's what get down to the word that makes the most sense i can't i can't even really get there but there's this feeling all the time and I'm a, I'm a pretty selfish person <laughs> I, I can I can be very selfish right mm -hmm. and I think that the marriage part helps me to keep from being so selfish because as soon as I start to think well I really want to I'm like oh well how's that impact the scene how's that impact the family right as we make decisions as I make personal decisions I have to figure out how they impact um, other people and that helps me with one of my um, shortcomings as mm -hmm. a human <laughs> which is being a little self-centered a little selfish and that that is beautiful because it's it's um, marriage is a full time job. It requires work from both parties, um, and you're gonna have to commit to that forever. And it can yep. never wave because when it starts wavering, that's when everything starts going bad. Because if you start then just thinking about you, it's like it the the sh the boat starts moving, you know, and it starts yep. shaking because either you're not hearing the other person out, or obviously vice versa. Or if you want to do more things that you want to do, and then the other person feels less, you know. So, I can definitely see that. Yeah, because I'd say as as we've gotten older, like we've only got one kid left at home now, and we're starting to look at this. What what is what what would Brian and Asenath look like after the kids are out of the house? Because we've been raising kids for thirty two years, right? So you know, because her interests and my interests are very different. So we have to find things that we can do together, and then there's times. And I'll use this. She invited. She's. She went back to school a couple of years ago. Whenever our, our youngest daughter hit about her freshman year, I guess a little before her freshman year in high school, right around her freshman year, and she went back to school because every time she went to school, she got pregnant. And we're like, 
at some point I'm like, okay, let's stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it just, there's, <laughs> there's some tie here. And again, we ended up five kids later, but the first three, it was like, it was funny. She, she was like clockwork. She'd start a class. It seemed like, and within two months she was pregnant. So she, you know, once you get to three, you, she was a full-time mom. I mean, she didn't have time to, to do mm-hmm. anything really um, mm-hmm. out, outside of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely not school. So um, we were having a conversation, a heated conversation one night. She said something to the fact that you don't respect me because I don't have a degree. And I said, anybody who knows this knows you're smarter than I am. That's not the thing at all. Um, so I said, it sounds like you have a, a need. You should go do this. You should go get your degree. And, and she goes, well, she came to me the next day and she goes, you know, I'd already been thinking about it. I'm glad you said that and kind of thing. And, and so off, mm-hmm. off she went. And um, well, anyway, I, I tell that story to say, you know, the other day they had a visiting geologist come in to do a lecture at UHD where she's going to school. And she invited me to come down. And I'm like, I, I really don't. She, and she's doing geology. She's into rocks. I'm like, I don't I don't get rocks. I don't mm-hmm. it's not my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I went anyway because it was something that, that she was really excited about. And I had a blast. I mean, I didn't understand 98% of what this guy talked about because it was terms that I've never heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really interesting conversation about what they were trying to do and the reasons that they were doing it. That so I understood cool. that part. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I was like, you know, go, go figure. Here I was thinking I was going to go down and, and just you know, support my wife. But I actually learned something. And mm-hmm. I had a good time. And we went and you know, had some dinner with a couple of her classmates. We're way younger, by the way. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, um, so she's made friends with some younger yeah, kids. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So yeah, anywhere she goes, she becomes the mom of the group. It doesn't matter. I mean, Aww, she yeah. once a mom, always a mom. It's I like some that. of these, some yeah. of these, these people she's in school with will will just text her out of the blue and ask questions. And so I'm dealing with this with my parents. How do I do this? And wow. Yeah. So I she she's her. become like she's become like the the, the, the mom whisperer, the, the kid whisperer. She's the the guru for them. So <laughs> kind of yeah. <laughs> okay, Brian. So. Let's discuss more about what makes your relationship work. Um, <laughs> what fuels your relationship? I think the kids did for a long time. Mm. Um, just the, the, the activities that, that we had going on. Um, you know, just trying to do everything you can to, to raise your kids in the right way. Um, or in a good way. I guess there's not one right way, but in, in a good way so that they, they're, they're, they're good people. They do the right things whenever they're, they're put in the situations. None of them did that 100% of the time. So you always have to do that parenting side. I said, but I think the other thing is, is that, that we do, um, there, there's just like that deeper commitment in, in what, what fuels us, I think, a lot is through church, uh, through the different friend groups that we have, um, just getting to spend time together is is great i mean we we can sit in the same room and not even talk and have a good time mm-hmm. you know it, mm-hmm. we're at that point in our lives right yeah. where we don't have to constantly be having a conversation and then sometimes we'll get in the car and it's like we get upset that we get to the destination because we're having a deep conversation about the, the kids and what's going on there or, or how she's feeling about something or how i'm feeling about something or you know we'll, we'll we'll look at something going on in the world we'll take on a topic and it's just she's just fun to 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 be with Right. And so, I mean, when you say fuels, it's, it's really that common time together, which is harder and harder sometimes to get. I mean, we thought when the kids were gone, getting down to one, we'd have more time together, but we find ourselves both volunteering for a lot of other things now. Yeah. In school yeah, with her and other yeah. stuff. So it's t- kind of tough. So, whenever you guys become parents, the new priority is 
the kids, right? Yes. It's not. It's no longer. Oh, that's my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. Oh, that's my wife. That's my husband. It's like all of our focus is now on raising these kids. So, how do you make uh, room for the relation you guys you, as a you have, couple? You, you have to plan it. I mean, honestly, you have to have a date night. You have to have time set aside. Um, you you can't just sleep because we we we've done we've been guilty of this in the past where we would go months without time for ourselves mm -hmm. together. And we would, and, and that that always leads to tension, right? Because we weren't talking, we were so busy doing other things. Well, the kids have this, and so we we finally learned. And, and one of our things was we would take a trip every year, the weekend, just the two of us. We'd get away. Um, we did a couple surprise ones, which was kind of fun. Where she surprised me on where we were going, I surprised her on where we were going. Um, we didn't know until we got to the airport where we were heading. Um, <laughs> Yeah, ask what to pack. Uh, jeans that and shorts fun, and right? a jacket and a tank top and a swimsuit. It's like, what? I could be going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You so, do that every year since how long? No, we don't do I mean, so we did it every year for a while. Then we went to every other year mm -hmm. uh, and then just tried to do a little shorter weekend getaway where we weren't. And then we got to where we wanted to plan a little bit more because ultimately we'd like to hit all 50 states if possible. So um, actually, I just looked at her yesterday morning and or I guess yesterday afternoon and I said, Let's get out of town for Memorial Day weekend. I just want to get out of town. We haven't had a lot of time. She's just finishing up a semester. I've been very busy with with some some church activities and with work. I said, let's just get out of town. And so we're going to Seattle for Fun. We've never been to Washington. It was just like spur of the moment, miles and points. Thank you, Hilton and United. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's gonna cost me meals and and, and Uber. Yeah. You know, and yeah. whatever attractions awesome. we decide to do. But yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. We haven't we haven't done it in probably two years, and it was probably since the pandemic, before the pandemic. And so, it, but it's it's got to be intentional. The the best couples I know, like Tuesday night date night, mm -hmm. something like that. They mm -hmm. put it on the calendar. They protect that time. They make sure that you know you can miss one or every now and then remove it, but you just make sure you 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 add the intentionality of spending time together. And maybe it's fifteen minutes each night before bed. Right, your day's done. The kids are asleep, and you just sit down and you go, take a deep breath, watch a TV show together, have a conversation, mm -hmm. whatever. So yeah. that that's the important thing. So a lot of times when you hear about like, oh, what do couples fight about the most? It's kids and it's finances, and I'm not sure what else. Uh, what's the third one? Uh, I don't know. That's you hit, you hit the top two. Okay. Family, I guess. I would not just say kids. I'd say family. Okay. Our, our our biggest fights have been around um, how families treat each other. And, and my wife wasn't really generally accepted into my family very easily. Mm. My family was very hard to break into mm. for a lot of people. And she got treated fairly poorly. Mm. And I wasn't always defending her. I gotcha. would sometimes take my family side because, well, sometimes... Uh, you, it, especially early in our marriage, it, it hasn't happened in a long time. But early in our marriage, I'd been I'd known them longer than I'd known her. Yep. And it it, it was kind of like, well, but I don't think they're. And then I started to see what she was talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, this is they're they're not treating her very well. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, well, do you think that in certain discussions with your significant other, that logic isn't the best route? Logic. Because I feel like there's emotion and then there's logic, especially like in fights. And it's like, you can always bring logic to the table, but it's like, 
regardless of the logic, someone's emotions are what they are. So do you feel like what, you so, have to sometimes take out logic when, you know, well, I mean, you, you have to acknowledge the feelings, mm -hmm. right? You always have to acknowledge the emotion because that, that is real too, right? But when you're having that conversation, having that disagreement, it's, it's, it's taking a step back, both parties taking a step back and, and just realizing what you're doing, right? This person's upset. Okay, why are you upset? And, and you, we don't we don't always fight well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've we've had those fights where we go back and bring up everything we've ever done in the past twenty five <laughs> to thirty two years of marriage. We don't do that. I, I mean, a lot of this stuff is old, uh, we haven't had a, a big knockdown drag out fight in a long time. Okay, so you've kind of um, outgrown those. I wouldn't say we've outgrown them. I, I think that we've realized that they just aren't productive, mm -hmm. right? When we get mad at each other, it's more of a okay. And I'll, I'll take a few minutes and then I'll tell her why I'm upset about something. And, you know, because what really happens, because usually you're angry whenever you're fighting. And if, if that emotion is the primary one, it, it's not going to end well. Yeah, it's not. It, it just can't end well. So you do have to, you have to get back to the rational yep. human being, not the irrational yeah. human being. Yeah. So do you ever, do you, so basically, would you say you guys have gotten better at fighting, basically? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we've gotten better at just not having those situations pop up that cause us to fight, mm -hmm. too. I mean, okay. the, the older you get, the more you start to realize that things that you thought were important and, and really matter don't matter as much, right? I mean, we'd argue about, you know, I can't believe you went and spent money on four outfits, and oh, I can't believe you went and bought a boat, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I never bought a boat. Yeah. I always wanted a boat, never bought a boat. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, I would get upset about, you know, just stupid things. And, and, and you realize at some point that's not what life's about. It's not, it's not, it's not the important part. Okay. Um, are there any unspoken or spoken rules that you have in your relationship? That, I, 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 I like that question. I, I, I don't think so. Really? Um, I mean, there are, there are kind of rules around i mean we always check with, with each other on calendar stuff and you know those types of things but i don't feel like there's anything that that, that that's like off the table or um we, we we have a conversations about just about everything we we kind of tend to, to we give each other space to do their our own things too um and there's always a check-in though Right. You always want to make sure that you're not stepping over something else that's going on. I gotcha. But it, I don't, I, I can't, I, I, I really thought hard about that question. Um, but there's nothing off the table. We, we've, we've had very deep conversations about everything that you can think of. It, marriage related, not marriage related. We don't always agree on um, a lot of topics. So... Yeah, I've okay. um, well, yeah. I'm super big on communication. So like, just not in relationship with a significant other, but in friendships too. And I'm working on getting better at communicating with my parents because it was never like that as a child. <laughs> so I'm, I'm <laughs> wanting to get better because it's just it's, it's sorry that was my cat. Long story short, um, it's different cultural wise as parents because it's more like. It's, it's a weird hierarchy thing, but now I'm trying to bring myself back up with my parents. Anyways, communication. Um, I've learned through my relationship that I've had to learn that. And my partner is super great at being honest, being open and laying the table out like with no emotion to it. It's more like, hey, this is how I feel, but she's not expressing it, right? She's not too much expressing it. It's just like, 
this is how I feel and what you did was wrong. Can you see it from my perspective and can you see that it's wrong? And so it takes, it gives me um, a way to come in that room because if she was angry and if she was just like all over the place with her emotions, I would feel a little scared to enter in that door <laughs> and I would shut down, yeah. right? Because I could, I would, that's just me. I'm too scared to enter because like you're angry and maybe I could, I would be angry and it's like, that dynamic doesn't work. Um, so I'm I'm totally on the boat with you, Brian. Like yeah. even even the, the most that you never bought. The boat I never bought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice tea. Um, yeah, I'm same same boat. I think nothing should be not like not disclosed. Like even in moments like where some people are like, Well, would you talk about that you think that other person looks good? You know? I'm mm. like, why not? We're human. Like, if that other person looks really good, I would tell my other, my, my partner, like, man, she looks really beautiful. Or that guy looks really good looking. We look at each other like, they do look good looking. But there's no action taken. It's like, it's just, we're human. So we are attracted to people that look nice. Or like, I always told her, and we tell each other this, like from the first moment we, um, we met, I was like, hey, I, I have a hard stand and a principle of loyalty. I, I do not ever want to come in a situation where like there's cheating involved or or you're talking to someone or I'm doing something that is not um fulfilling you so therefore you're going to find and seek out that that other thing in someone else I'd rather you come to me and say that hey I want I, I'm feeling this certain way I don't want to find someone else for it can you please help me let's let's come to something because I, I I feel that I'm missing it I'd rather you come to me, right? Instead of like seeking somewhere else. And I hope I hope that whoever I am at that moment, I'm always going to listen to you because I, I am, I'm promised to you or committed to you, right? So right. when you open that door at the beginning, I feel like you cannot, like that lets them be open with you, right? So and also like prevents it from happening, any action taken. So yeah, when I hear that couples don't. Like, oh, I don't want to tell them that. Or that's not something we talk about. It's just like, but how can you make it work without saying anything to each other? So even in friendships, I've noticed, like, I'd rather be the one to say something because it, it makes me feel like I don't, I don't want to make you, I, I just wouldn't want the other, wouldn't the other way around. That's how I see it. I'd rather you just tell me, you know, instead of keeping it to yourself. It's in your mind. And you're maybe like replaying it over and over and over. And that's even worse because it's like, you could have just told me, you know, so same yeah, No, that, that, that is so true. And, and being vulnerable in those situations too, understanding that, you know, you're not perfect mm -hmm. and the other person may be giving you advice that's, or have a, an observation that's really important for you to hear at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just being open and accepting of, of, you know, sometimes it's criticism, right? You know, some of our biggest fights were whenever I lost my temper with one of the kids and my wife was like, well, that was really unnecessary. You went way over the top, mm -hmm. right? You didn't need to be yelling at them for that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with you on that. And I would get mad because I was like, oh, but that's how I felt about it. I, I'm right. I'm, I'm the dad. I'm the mm -hmm. disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. And uh, her <laughs> thing was, yeah, but that was so wrong, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and after slowing down and reflecting, you kind of go, oh, man. And then the hardest part is to go and apologize to one of your kids mm -hmm. whenever you knew you were finally wrong. When you finally went, you know what? 
what you did wasn't correct. My reaction was not correct. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry that I overreacted to this. Wow. You're still grounded, mm. but I shouldn't have lost my temper the way that I lost it, right? That's a strong, I think, I don't think I've ever, that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I don't think a parent's ever been like, I overreacted. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think my older kids would tell you that I ever did, but, but kind of the from the middle ones, ones down, okay. especially with the youngest one with Sarah, I, 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 I often catch myself because I feel like I should have calmed down by now. I mean, mm -hmm. with the first kid, I was, I had no idea what I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, and he calls himself the starter kid or the test kid. <laughs> um, and, and he wasn't wrong in a lot of respects. Mm -hmm. we, we did a lot of things I wish I'd done different with him after having others. And, and Sarah's kind of the beneficiary of that. And she, she will on several occasions. I've, I've gone to her and said, look, I probably overreacted there. Or, you know, the, the, the punishment didn't fit the crime yeah. kind of thing. Right. I think that that also shows her how to apologize if she ever feels like right. she overstepped, you know, because right. lead by example. Okay. Um, so what is a, can you walk, do you mind walking us through a significant disagreement you've had with your wife and how did you handle that situation? This is a topic I did discuss with the CNF ahead of time. Okay, okay. And, and I said, gee, should I just go in with the, the top 10? I mean, if I'm just thinking <laughs> top 10, what, what were the biggest disagreements? Um, and I think the, the biggest disagreement we ever had, well, I'll say the funniest, I'll start with the funniest one. Okay. Um, and then I'll go on with, with a kind of serious one. Uh, when I grew up, my mom cooked with, Salt and pepper and garlic powder once in a while when she was getting crazy, right? Garlic powder was like a special thing. My mom was a bland cook. She she wasn't the greatest. She we ate well, but it was it was and it's what I grew up with, and it was it was good. My wife's family used everything in the spice wheel. Mm -hmm. And she made spaghetti for me one time and I it was burning my mouth. I'm like, what in the heck is this? It, you know, I'm like, oh, it's really hot. And I made the mistake of saying that's not how my mom makes it. <laughs> And she had lived with us for a few months at, when her dad was in, right after her dad had leukemia and her mom had passed away. And um, she said, your mom is a bland cook. And she just went off on me for saying that's not how my mom makes it. So that was the, probably the funniest disagreement we ever had. You had nerve I, on that one. I had some nerve on that and I learned a lesson really quickly. Um, and now I love the, you know, I, I've always, you know, my wife's food's really good and then I've learned how to deal with spices. Um <laughs> I think the the, the one that, that probably, boy, the hardest one, the biggest fight, probably has to do with my family again. Mm. Um, that there were there was a, a situation where um, my <laughs> my dad used to refer to my wife as it. Is it coming over today? Is <gasps> it coming over today? And and so and weird. she didn't know my dad that well. And my, that, my dad, that was really a very, it was a term of endearment for my father. Oh. He he never thought of her in anything less than a, a, a person and, you know, somebody that, that, but he, it was part of his sense of humor, but she didn't know that sense of humor. She didn't understand it. Um, and, and one day he did it and she got really mad. And then from that point on, whenever she, she used the nickname Missy back in those days instead of a Zenith, and the nickname became Pissy. And so it <laughs> it just snowballed, right? <laughs> oh my and so she and so so the, the fight went something like I, I can't remember the exact start of it, but we got we got back home and, and she just kind of laid into me about how terrible my family treats her and 
And then I came back with, well, you're really not trying. Mm. Um, you need to understand them. And, and I took their side and it, it just, it was one of those fights. So we, we've always believed you don't go to bed mad. So I think I went to bed at 5.30 that morning um, after getting home at about 9, 9.30 from my mm, parents' house. Dang. So yeah, it was, a, it was a long night in the Clawson house. Um, but that's, we, we have a lot of those things where, and again. You have like these rules, kind of these like rules that well, kind we do, of make yeah, the whole thing work. We, well, they're, they're definitely rules, right? Uh -huh. I mean, so that's the main one for us is don't go to bed mad. I mean, mm. if, you, if you go to bed angry, just don't go to bed. Don't go to bed angry because then it just festers. Neither one of you is going to sleep well. It's going to start the next day and it's going to linger. Or you don't talk that's about the next day because you've, you've just basically said, I'm done with it. Yeah. And it sits there. It's like cancer. So it festers. So the way you guys handle that, you'll discuss it to death until neither of you is mad. <laughs> well, what usually happens is we wear each other out. Because okay. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll fight and then we'll we'll go into separate rooms for a while. Then we'll come back together and we'll fight and we'll go into separate rooms it's for like a while. Boxing. And it's just, it's just, yeah, it's like rounds. It's, and then and then finally, after enough reflection, we both kind of go you know, okay, this is where, and you have the conversation and it's like, they may, they may still be mad. You may still be hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. But the disagreement parts over you, you understand each other's point. You, you, you're, you're to a place where, okay, uh, I can accept the, your apology. If you accept my apology and, and we both, we, 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 we agree that from that point forward, it's not anything to, to continue to fight about. Right. We may have a discussion the next day or something else, or it may come up again, in, in, a, in a more productive way, mm. but you, you've hit the point where neither one of us is mad and okay. we apologize to one another and, okay. and we understand kind of the situation, how it happened and, yeah. and, and how to move forward from it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, don't go to bed mad. That's, that's advice number one. Okay. Do you have like other little rules? Oh, like I've that? got, I don't know about rules, but I've got other advice. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten, we've never actually tried this one was to fight naked. <laughs> So good. If you're mad, just fight That's naked because really then you're completely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And this was from a couple who I would have, you know, this, this is a couple that I put on a spiritual level above any human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Very, very religious, very Catholic, very just good, solid, you know, just people. Just they, yelling at each other, taking clothes uh, off. Well, but, I'm sick and tired. Well, but yeah, taking, yeah. So, socks off, <laughs> shoes. Give us, put a tie on. So, this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I said to them, they told us this, and I was like, first off, I, the visual image just blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, stop. <laughs> first off, so I don't funny. like. But but the idea was be vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? It, it, you know, understand if you're if you're fighting, just, it, that that's really you just need to kind of strip down. And we've never tried that. I don't think. <laughs> but they say the fight ends pretty quickly. I can uh, see in that. In that respect, so that that's that's one that I, I've passed on to a lot of people, but I've never actually tried myself. Um, the other thing that I'm going to throw out, and this was this was something I thought about last night. Um, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. I think it's Gary Chapman, mm -hmm. and if I, I'm getting some nodding heads, yes, yeah, good book. I, that book, I, I wish I had read it when I was 19 mm -hmm. um, instead of whenever I was. 28 or 29 right because maybe it was early 30s man it may have been because at that point the way that i looked at uh love and showing love was through touch right uh it seems like that's a lot of guys are in that boat my wife i thought hers was like once we started reading the book i thought oh this hers is acts of service because mm -hmm. she's always doing stuff for the family right 
Turns out she was a gifts person. She likes you know, little gifts here and there. It didn't have to be anything extravagant, but like, hey, honey, I got pizza and I brought flowers home, right? And she's like, oh, I bought you a t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> yeah. and, and so once we figured that out, mm-hmm. things changed significantly in, in how we, we understood and expressed love to each other. So that that's that's one that I, I recommend that book. We've given it to several couples on their wedding as part of their wedding um, uh, gifts. So okay. that's a good one. Okay. Um, so no need to answer this if it's too personal, but was divorce ever on the table? That's a wrap for today's episode. We hope that you found a ton of value and hope that you take action and starting to apply this into your daily life. If you like this episode, we really appreciate it. If you give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Instagram at Shapeshifters Podcast. Feel free to shoot us a DM if there's a specific topic you want to listen to. And in our bio, you can find our link tree where you'll find links to two free weeks of better health, which is online therapy. One free week of Camp Gladiator if you're interested in getting your fitness up and links to our Spotify and Apple podcast accounts if you want to share it with a friend or family member because you think this could help them improve their lives as well. See y'all next time.